SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm the invert. This I'll never win. is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Can the Los Angeles Dodgers afford to not have Clayton Kershaw in their starting rotation against the Braves in the National League Championship Series? Well, we're going to find out. Today, Clayton Kershaw scratched from his start in Game 2 with the Dodgers down in the series 0-1 to the Atlanta Braves. Although there are some reports that say that Kershaw could be back for Game 3 or Game 4. Of course, he's had these issues before. They haven't been long-term, but they're definitely short-term. Tony Gonsolin will start today for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's where we'll start today here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Miss, Joe Pizapia, Clayton Kershaw, Joe, is headed to the Hall of Fame. And arguably, in the last 20 years, the best pitcher that we've seen on the bump. But of course, as he nears toward the end of his career, the last few years has been marred by different back issues. They're calling it back spasms right now, although they did call it back spasms a couple of years ago, and he missed six or seven starts. So we'll have to Mm -hmm. see what happens with Kershaw. It is a very, very big game now today. Honestly, the pressure, I think, flips a little bit to the Atlanta Braves because this is one that they're supposed to win today. They went in as a plus 140 underdog. The line is completely flipped, and it's about an even line right now. Yeah, this is uh, almost like an eerie foreshadowing or deja vu again all over for uh, the Dodgers because this is how the season started. Clayton Kershaw was supposed to take them out. Opening day of baseball, everybody. Uh, No Clayton Kershaw. And now here we are, uh, and we're at it again. Clayton Kershaw with this back issue yet again, so it's kind of crazy to think about. And, yeah, it seems like – that was years ago that happened. It was only months. It was only months. That's what 2020 does to you. It makes your head spin. But uh, I, I don't know if – I don't know. I, I don't know if the Braves have all the pressure on them right now because of that. I, if I'm the Braves, I'm happy to not see Clayton Kershaw. I got to feel excited to say, hey, you know what? We're going to go out there and we're going to take advantage of the bullpen that they throw at us, whoever they throw out us. I, I don't know. I, I think not seeing Kershaw is like, whew, relief. I don't see the pressure of, oh, my God, it's a must win. I think this is like, wow, we just – our opportunity got better to win. So we'll see which is the, the case. Is they come out tight or if they come out loose for this game today? All right, let's get to our headlines today. And the Buffalo Bills will indeed take on the Tennessee Titans tonight. We haven't seen the <laughs> Titans in quite a while. And hopefully they'll be okay in this one. Uh, certainly Buffalo, a big game, I think, from the MVP perspective for Josh Allen if he wins this one. And Russell Wilson right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook is plus 100. Allen is second, but could Allen overtake uh, Russell Wilson with a win tonight. We'll check in tomorrow. Tony Gonsolin will get the start for the Brave, for the Dodgers against the Braves in Game 2 of tonight's National League Championship Series. Gonsolin has not pitched in 17 days, so be interesting to see what he does with all that time off. The Astros will face off with the Rays in Game 3 of the American League Championship Series. We know that in the ALCS there has only been one team to come back down 3 Of course, that was the Boston Red Sox against the Yankees, so Astros probably need to win tonight. Jeff Van Gundy has interviewed for, what, the last 20 years for different jobs? It doesn't seem ever to take them. And he'll interview with the Houston Rockets on Wednesday. That would seem to be a pretty good fit for them, I would think. But, again, he's interviewed in the past. And Dan Mullen, the head coach of my Florida Gators, says that he wants the swamp. 
at 100% capacity against LSU. We definitely saw other stadiums in college football filled at 80-90% capacity over the weekend. And, of course, Dan Mullen wants to swap at 100% because they just lost to Texas A&M over the weekend, and they were on the verge of <laughs> not out of the national championship picture. I, I can't believe the Gators lost this past week. It was so disappointing. And the last few years, their defense has been fantastic, and it's the offense that's been struggling. And this year, their offense is, like, number one in the country, and they can't stop anybody. So uh, college defenses are not playing any better than NFL defenses at this point. But uh, Mullen wants a full – a full capacity there. LSU has not been great. I don't know that they need that to beat LSU, or at least they shouldn't need that to beat LSU. They're not off to a good start. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm glad you said it. Cause I was thinking of this past weekend too. And we had a long conversation last week about NFL defenses. We've been kind of harping on it. And I was looking at the college defenses and watching some of these games going, it ain't much better here. And all of the refs put their whistles away there too, or what you think about this, or maybe just a lack of preparation time, or maybe just a combination of all of the above. I don't know, but it's certainly been a scoring onslaught in all of football this year. I don't know what the local pop Warner team's doing. They don't look like they're playing defense in my hometown either. I'm going to have to call them on the carpet too. Uh, but uh, how about Jeff Van Gundy? getting another opportunity maybe at a job i love jeff van gundy you know maybe you just have soft spots for certain guys i have a soft spot for that dude who was it that he was hanging was it alonzo morning he was hanging on top like he was like wrapped around his leg is that what was my remembering yeah. properly that was one of the great yeah. moments in nba history of little jeff van gundy wrapped around 610 alonzo morning that's the coach i want to play for if i'm anybody i don't care you see that you show somebody a tape and say that's my guy i want that guy coach my team i want to play for that dude so i hope he gets it is he saying that he doesn't get these jobs or he doesn't take these jobs what's the i'm not sure which one it is but he's interviewed for several jobs since he's been done and just has never either taken them or gotten them and i don't know which one it is so i i don't have the answer to that but i i would think that he'd be a strong candidate for this it, it reminds me honestly of and, and i know that van gundy yeah van gundy probably had more success than mike fratello when fratello was doing that dance every year from tv mm -hmm. to coach and tv coach and doug collins was well, doing a lot that more dance. work let's be honest not that broadcasting right but work, gundy's but... been the one guy he's been the gruden of the NBA. you know he has right. he's been the one guy to say no every single time and and or not get the job every time either one but yeah. now you would think that he'd be the front runner for this one guys get smarter when they're not coaching it's amazing how that works so all right coming up next it's time for us to take a look at tuesday night football in the nfl buffalo bills and tennessee titans and then we're going to take a look at the Offensive Rookie of the Year over on FanDuel. So those of you who want to get involved in that, we'll give you some information and odds. The odds there as well. Also, don't forget we have a radio channel here as well. You thought we just did TV. Uh, we have Sports Grid Radio. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Sports Grid Radio. We are broadcasting on there as well here on the TV side, but even different shows. Scott Wetzel in the morning. Scott Farrell, of course, going coast to coast later in the day. Scott Ben show with Paul. So make sure you check this out while you have a chance. We'll be back with a preview of Tuesday Night Football. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid.
In addition to baseball's championship series for the first time, and I don't know how long, we have Tuesday night football in the NFL. We've made it. We're finally here. And for those of you who have fantasy ramifications into tonight, if you held out and played some of your guys, I suppose that you made the right choice. Although hopefully they end up outscoring some of the players that you could have potentially played. And of course, as we take a look at the line here tonight, the Bills are favored in this game, as they should be. They're three and a half point favorites. The total is 53 and a half for two teams that supposedly are two of the better defensive teams in the NFL. But simply put, the Titans have had a lot of time off. The Bills now have an offensive juggernaut in Josh Allen and a great offense to go along with it. And a, I think a super unpredictable game tonight between these two teams. Who's to know what Tennessee will look like? They're going to be playing with less, uh, with about seven or eight players down who are in quarantine right now. Buffalo's had extra mm-hmm. time to prepare for this. But again, we saw in baseball, teams seem to rally around the adversity. Perhaps Tennessee will tonight. It is, uh, to me, one of the games that I'm sure will be fun to watch just to have football on Tuesday night, but I have no interest in betting this game whatsoever. No, I can understand that. Uh, And you really don't know what's going to happen here. Are they going to come out fresh or are they going to come out flat, the Titans? You know, it's one thing to have some time off and have a little bit of fresh legs and all that stuff, but let's not forget, they weren't able to practice that much either. It's not like they were on a regular old kind of buy schedule and everybody's practicing and it's like a playoff kind of scenario and they're just waiting to get that opponent and they're all ready to go. No, no, no. They're not really football ready necessarily. So this could be huge. And it's very different than baseball too because football is a game where everybody's working at the same time properly together. That's when you have success and you have execution success. It's really difficult to do that without practice time and the amount of practice time that it takes to prepare for a team that's as good as the Buffalo Bills. Because I got news for you. The Bills are a good football team. And Josh Allen's played out of his mind this year. So I understand why the Bills are favored. Um, If I was going to bet a part of this, I think I would probably lean towards the Bills side because I think that uh, they will continue to, you know, attack you and attack you. I think we've learned that, too, about them, that uh, they could beat you, obviously, you know, with with running the football from Josh Allen. They could beat you with throwing the football from Josh Allen. I think that makes it a little difficult. Plus, with some of those pieces missing on Tennessee, I kind of worry about them falling apart towards the end of this game. But it is really crazy. We are in uncharted territory here with this kind of game. I'm looking forward to it. These are two really good football teams, and I think fantasy owners are looking forward to finally getting Derrick Henry back. That's another first-round guy that we didn't talk about in that last segment, too, that you haven't had him. It's not really his fault. <laughs> you know, It's other guys on the team, but you haven't been able to play him for two weeks either, and you're taking L's, and he's not even hurt. It is a tough year for the first round, the worst year of the first round in fantasy football history, and that is not a hot take, Craig Mish. Yeah, for for I think for Henry as well, you have to ask yourself how many teams even started him this week to even take that chance that the game would be played. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm guessing that if you had no other options, then yeah, you probably did. But I, I would say probably fifty percent at most of leagues are are going to have Henry tonight. I know in one league that I'm playing against, uh, the, the owner is playing AJ Brown. But he had no one else. Everyone was on a buy or hurt, so there was really no one else even possible to play there. So uh, we'll see what happens with this one tonight. Certainly, I would not, if the Bills lose, I wouldn't hold it against them. If the Titans win, lose, I wouldn't hold it against them. It's just a very bizarre scene mm-hmm. to have this game played out tonight in Tennessee. The total, 50, now down, by the way, to 51 and a half, down from 53 and a half. Now, let's take a look at the updated odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year after the game that Justin Herbert had last night in a loss. Herbert moved closer to potentially 
winning rookie of the year in the NFL. These are the live odds right now on FanDuel. And we have Joe Burrow at plus 195, so basically two to one. Justin Herbert, the same, plus 195 at two to one. He was three to one before last night. He's now moved up quite a bit. Clyde Edwards Delaire, five to one to win the rookie of the year. He was the favorite after week one. Of course he was. He had a great game. And then everyone else basically still in the mix, has a shot. No super long odds here. James Robinson, 12 to one. Jonathan Taylor, 15 to one. Justin Jefferson, 15 to one. And then CeeDee Lamb at 22 to one would have been a nice option here, of course, but with no Dak Prescott, really hard to invest in that one so uh, look we we saw this shift around quite a bit last year from murray to Minshew to jacobs Mm -hmm. and i don't think that we're done here yet so i definitely would think that all of these names are still in play for rookie of the year but uh, simply put it, it does tend to go the quarterback's way last year it did not it went jacobs's way at the end and so one of these running backs could step up in the last few games, Joe, and I think it's to be determined at this point. Yeah, look, typically with these awards, you do end up getting the quarterback. And the thing with these two quarterbacks is you really can't tie too much of how they do to wins because neither of these football teams look like they're going to win a whole lot of games this year. So then you sit back and you look at the complement of weapons. And I think Joe Burrows made the most of the complement of weapons he's had. I'm concerned if for any reason that Keenan Allen misses significant time with his back issue and – We'll find out more about that. Back's going to be very tricky things for any athlete, so we'll see how that works out. That could certainly hurt his odds, I think, a bit. I I can understand Joe Burrow being the favorite right now, and and that's probably where I would lean. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is an interesting one, too, to discuss because, look, he hasn't had a touchdown since that first week. He hasn't topped out over 64 yards in any game rushing since then. Now, he has had a couple big reception games and some big plays and some big moments there, but... It's nothing close to that first week. So we had that first week where he burst on the scene that was spectacular. But Clyde Edwards-Lair is a guy that's been consistently, he's, he's getting his in the offense. He's not scoring a ton of touchdowns, and I wonder if that hurts him. The guy for me that I don't know, man, you know what? Maybe Andy Dalton is going to fall apart with the Cowboys. I don't know. But CeeDee Lamb's odds, I can't believe they're all the way this far. Because CeeDee Lamb has been spectacular. I mean, not just, not good. He's been spectacular in this offense. Every single week, that guy is catching balls. He's catching touchdowns. He's making impacts in games. He's making big moments in games. I thought he would be higher. The fact that his odds are worse than Justin Jefferson, I understand it's because of the Dak Prescott thing, probably. But I kind of wonder, is this the time to get in the CeeDee Lamb business? You know, because you could have Matt Ryan in a couple weeks playing quarterback for the Cowboys if you're listening to the the Twitter (laughs) Ottery. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, Lamb had a great shot there, but I don't know. The volume, I just cannot see Dalton throwing the ball 50 times a game. I mean, he may have to based on the defense, but there, there's other players there, and I know that Cooper was hurt, but it, it, it's, it's I'm taking Taylor out of the mix, Craig. I, I, I'm taking Taylor out of the mix as good as he's been. You know, what you're seeing is you're seeing a decent amount of volume, but the problem is they cannot move the change. Now, if all of a sudden they start making a change of quarterback and that gets better, Taylor comes into this conversation a little bit. So that's why he's slightly intriguing to me, because I think he's got that kind of breakaway upside that that's what you're looking for. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at this board, I feel like Clyde Rosalair might be the the best risk reward bet on this, because I don't think we've seen the best of him. The best value, but also maybe going forward here, maybe you can write the narrative right now 
that the Chiefs are kind of holding back with him because he's a rookie a little bit, holding back, holding back, and then the second half of the year they're going to just release him, like releasing the hounds. And if they do, this could be kind of similar to what we saw with Jacobs last year, where it was, oh, it's the quarterbacks, and they're flip-flopping, and the next thing you know, Josh Jacobs goes past everybody. It wouldn't shock me if the same thing happened here with Hilaire, and I think on the board right now as it stands in week six, that's probably the best wager on this board. Craig, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's the best value, I think, of all of them at 5-1. to one. It, w- it would be the guy that I really thought after the first week was going to do that every single week, So, and he has not. But who's to say that he can't moving forward? Uh, I know they have a lot of options there, but he if you just based on last year what happened, I think that there is a chance that that happens again. Uh, look, Robinson is certainly, I think, going to be good the rest of the year, but he plays in Jacksonville. He doesn't have the mustache like Minshew. It's going to be hard for him to overtake these other guys yes. there. Uh, Jefferson, no. Jefferson had a couple of good games and then fell back a little bit. So you could just see, though. But, but look, in you know the other name, too, that isn't on here, and his odds are nowhere to be found, but maybe throw a dart on Claypool. I mean, my gosh. Like, what happens if Claypool is the number one receiver in Pittsburgh? I don't think that's unrealistic at all based on what I saw. It's so. tough to see him going past Juju, but I think he's going to be a part of it, especially if Deontay Johnson, he's going to go past him. Maybe then he could really be in this conversation too. There's no doubd But I, like I said, yeah. CD lamb is the guy for me. I want to see uh, CD lamb get closer to this. Cause I think he's had a great season. All right. We'll be back previewing the national championship series right here on grid. So make don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today, SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. That's where you can find all of our shows and check us out all the time here, also on our YouTube channel. Turn your notifications to on, like, and subscribe to the show, if you wouldn't mind. We got Baseball Joe coming up a little bit later today and another day game this afternoon as we're going to have the National League and the American League Championship Series. Let's take a look real quick. 6.05 Eastern. I I suppose it's more of a night game than it is a day game, but uh, the big story today in this one is the starting pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's going to be Tony Gonsolin. As Clayton Kershaw was scratched with back spasms, they take on the Braves. Of course, they lead the series one zip. Ian Anderson was a monster against the Miami Marlins last series. So this will be his first start in about five, six days. And look, we we just have a different story here than we thought we were going to have today where Anderson is making his second, I, I think, Probably great postseason start. I think he's going to do very well today against mm. the Dodgers. But the Dodgers could certainly match him. Gonsolin was great during the regular season. And Atlanta is now in, really, I would say, a great position to go up 2-0. But it is the Dodgers. They are still the favorites in the National League. And they'll just have to overcome not having Kershaw today. Now, respectfully, I'm a little bit more cynical than you are. I think Ian Anderson is a great talent, but uh, to beat up on a Marlins lineup that doesn't have Starling Marte, as impressive as it was for a rookie to be as good as he was in that game, the Dodgers' offense is a whole other thing. 
You know, I don't see any Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger, guys like that in the Marlins offense. So if he does it today, I will come back here tomorrow and say, Ian Anderson, boy, take that draft stock in 2021 and shoot it up to the moon, baby. I'm telling you, all the Ian Anderson next year. Absolutely. This is a huge moment for him. And if he performs, for, poor, excuse me, if he performs poorly, I'm not necessarily going to think any less of him because it is the Dodgers. And I think you have to understand there, this is a very tough lineup and a tough situation. So uh, I hope he has a great start for him. I'm certainly wishing him the best of luck. He's going to need all the luck he can get and more against the Dodgers because that is a real deal lineup top to bottom. It does not quit. They've got a lot of power in it, too. You make one mistake and they will take advantage of it. So let's see if he can transfer that success in the first round that he had into this next round here because so far it's been great for Ian Anderson and he stepped up when they needed him to. This is a big moment here, probably the biggest moment of his career. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely been. Did you hear that music, by the way, that was playing right there for a second there? You didn't hear that? Uh, I heard a little head. bit. I, I I thought it was just it was, My bad it was a little bit of Marlins music coming out. It was just a little. I, I wanted little, to, I wanted to go back and check South the, Miami the game, the game logs for uh, for Ian Anderson. So Ian Anderson, yes, against the Marlins, I understand they did not have a great lineup in that one. But if I asked you how many home runs Ian Anderson gave up against the Marlins last week, it would be how many? Against the Marlins last week? Um, one? None. None. Okay. Okay. And then the previous start against the Reds, where they where – they, uh, No, where none. Anderson he gave up none because they, did, they didn't score any runs. So that's an easy one. Zero. Okay. How about on September 24th, his previous start, last start of the regular season against the Marlins? How many home runs would he have given up? Can we get a non-Marlin or non-Red team that scores some runs in this game log somewhere? Okay. The answer is zero. It's a fun game. The answer is zero. zero. All right. <laughs> How about the start before that on September 19th against the Mets? How many home runs would he have <laughs> Zero. <laughs> okay. How about September 12th? At Washington, how many home runs? I don't know. I think we're losing viewers as we're going through this game log. I will say zero. I will say zero. And then the Marlins before that? Um, zero. 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 And the Red Sox before that? You get <laughs> another, the point. Yeah, another lineup that shut down. Yeah, look, he's been great. He's been great. Where's the Dodgers start? Do we have one against the Dodgers on there? They didn't play L.A. Ah, you could only play who's on the schedule. That's right. And he's done a great job. But the Dodgers have Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, and the Mets do not have those guys. They don't have those guys. The Marlins certainly don't have those guys. The Reds don't have those guys. So let's see how he does against the Dodgers. Reds? I like the kid. <laughs> the Reds don't have those guys? What are you talking about? Well, look, just because Suarez had a good couple of years, he was not good this year. I think we can all agree he was bad this year. Okay, The guy hit barely over 200 this year. Mustakas had some good runs, but he was hurt most of the year. Cassianos had a nice season. Are any of those guys MVPs? Because Cody Ballinger is an MVP and Mookie Betts is an MVP. So don't tell me they're the same. You know they're not the same. They're good hitters, but they're not MVPs. Red's offense. Red's offense is is good. Is good at times. It was good. Jesse Winker was the best guy consistently. Let me ask you a question. Uh Who did you think would win between the Reds and Braves? The Braves. And you can tell by the disdain. What? Reds in that series. You picked the Reds. On this show, yes, you did. You picked Pull the Reds. The tape. Pull up the tape, and I will. I don't remember picking the Reds. You I thought the Reds were the Reds. Win. And not only that, but when the Reds were down, you said, don't rule them out. You think they're going to come back and win. I remember. I, I, I do the show with you. Come on. I said, don't rule them out. I wanted them to come back and win, but that doesn't mean I thought they the were. I think you're confusing the two. You right. picked the Reds to win the series. 
Don't 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 flip flop. Now all of here. a sudden, I have a big rooting interest in Ian Anderson. I want to see him go out there and give up three bombs or four bombs in this game today. Now that's what I want to see because of all that right. game log. Speaking of flip flopping, <laughs> Joe with the Rays. Let's take a look at this game in the American League. We can't ever figure out who Joe wants to win because he wanted the Rays and he wanted the Yankees and he wanted the Rays, and so now we got the Rays again tonight. I, Pick yourself. I could be very clear about this. I don't understand. I said on this show, and you can find all the tape in the world on this, that the Rays were the most dangerous team in 2020. Let's not pretend like I didn't say that, because I did. But I did say the the Rays were the most dangerous team in the American League in 2020. I said that because of the shortened season. My God, it was a broken record about that here on Diamond Bets, all over. There's so much footage of that. You can take that to the bank. But yes, I did say from a narrative standpoint, the Yankees versus the Astros would be fun to watch. Why are you confusing the two things? Just because I want to see something happen doesn't mean I'm predicting it's going to happen. They're different things. I have prediction, predictions are empty. It's what you want. That's what we want to know. What do you want to happen here? What Rays? I want. I'd like the Mets to be relevant. I'd like to have hair again, but I don't get what I want. Either of those things aren't happening anytime soon. So what I want, who cares? That's a, You think people tune in to hear what I want? <laughs> Not what I want. Definitely not the predictions. They don't tune in for that. That I can assure you. All right. They want to know what you want. Rays here. Let's take a look at the game, folks. Rays, Astros tonight. Rays are minus 108. Houston uh, has, they're going to have Urquidy on the mound tonight. Ryan Yarbrough. Okay. We know what the story with Yarbrough. He can start. He can open. They can go a number of different ways with him. And the Rays lead the series two to nothing. I don't care about your predictions. Who do you want to win tonight's game? Mm, I want the Rays to win. Okay, there you go. Last you night's go. game, the reason why the Rays won was because of the great defense that they've played. Charlie Morton, who started the game yesterday through five innings, he's seen both teams play. He's played for both teams. They've had great defense behind him, and Morton was asked, is that the primary reason why he thinks the Rays are in this spot? Yeah, I mean, it's been, shoot, it's been four years now, I've, I've you know, that I've been the privilege to, to be on the mound with a, a, a phenomenal defense behind me, I mean, infield and outfield. Um, it, it allows you a ton of freedom, um, you know, to go out there and just and just try to pitch your game and, you know, some some semblance of reckless abandon, you know, but... Uh, in the same sense, um, I guess it really shouldn't. I guess it really shouldn't matter um, because you still have a job to do. You still have, you still have to execute regardless of who's playing behind you. But uh, I mean, I've had to, the tremendous luxury of, you know, in the past four, literally the past four years of having some of the best, uh, de- best defenses that you could, you know, pitch for. Uh, I'm, you know, and that's that that's catching on the catching side too. The question is, does defense win championships? And I think that it's a combination of having great defense, but also having home runs. There up until I believe it was uh when the Padres uh played the Dodgers and lost in the final game against the Dodgers, the Dodgers won, teams were sixteen and zero in the postseason when they hit more home runs than the opponent. Now We've seen still that continues to happen. The the Braves hit more home runs yesterday. They ended up winning Mm -hmm. their game. But there is basically this notion that because the Rays pitch and because they play defense, 
that that's going to give them an edge in this series. Now, look, that played out in the previous game, of course, because Houston made a bunch of errors and Tampa Bay did not. But that was just one game. You can't look at just one mm-hmm. game and, and call it a series. But Tampa Bay's defense combined with their starting pitching and their bullpen has really been the reason why they've gotten this far. But it's not winning a World Series yet. They're still going to have to do more damage, of course, against Houston, and they're still going to have to do damage offensively as they move on. Um, What do you think it is? Do you think it is the defense? Do you think it is a Rosarina coming alive? Combination of both? What what makes the Rays go? I don't don't want to, you know, take the easy way out, but it's a combination of all those things. I mean... Yeah, you know, I, I played baseball my whole life. You did too, I know. And and you know when you're on a good team and when you're not on a good team. And and the things that good teams do is, you know, they pitch well. They have timely hits. I don't even know if it's home runs. It's timely hitting. It's hitting the home run in that big spot when it matters maybe. It's also making that big defensive play. You know, baseball is no different than basketball or football or anything else. It's all about that momentum swing. And when you have it, you have it. And when you feel confident, you feel confident. I mean, yesterday Nick Anderson had the bases loaded, right? He got out of that jam. Why? There's a bit of confidence in the defense that if the ball goes in play, they're going to make a play, and they did. And and I feel like that is that intangible thing. It's that momentum swing and the confidence. And uh, don't discount the whole us against the world thing that the Rays are playing into the underdog story, too. I think that is always very effective any team you play on. So it is all of the above. A Rosarena is a huge part of it because now having somebody else there to protect Meadows in that lineup is a big difference. But for the Rays, they are doing things in a different way. They're doing things in a unique way, and it's leading to success. And I think that is a fantastic thing to see kind of play out right now. I'm curious to see, can the Astros rebound? This is a championship squad, regardless of what you want to say about them. They came up big in the previous series. Can they do it again today? Gotta get a win if you're Houston with Urquidy on the count. Fantasy Reality is next. Make sure you stay tuned. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid. Hey, welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today, we're going to get into a little fantasy reality. Just a couple of quick notes in the NFL. Before we do, there are reports coming out of Philadelphia saying they are going to be allowing 7,500 fans to outdoor events in the city of Philadelphia. And so certainly that opens up the door for potentially the Phillies, of course, in 2021, and the Eagles, to have fans in the stands coming up this week. We've seen some NFL stadiums have about 10 to 15,000 fans in attendance. We'll see if that happens. Also, the New York Daily News is reporting that uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, (laughs) is on the trade block and the Jets are trying to uh, trade him. Uh, Also, keep in mind, the reporter from the New York Daily News who covers the Jets has had this love-hate relationship with the Jets and their head coach, too. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what happens with the Jets this week. Certainly, Joe, will be very hard to trade Le'Veon Bell uh, I mean, if Leonard Fournette is basically traded uh, for one of your bobbleheads in the background there, then you can imagine that Le'Veon Bell maybe is is worth a bobblehead and a half. 
I would guess. Yeah, not, not well, me. I'll tell you what. I'm not, I'm not trading my Brady Funko Pop or my uh, my Patrick Mahomes one. No, not happening. But uh, if you look at the landscape of teams that Le'Veon Bell could help, there's definitely some teams out there that could be you know helped <laughs> by having Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is a unique talent. He's one of the, he's one of the few guys that could you know that are really still good out of the backfield catching the football. And I think that is a skill that you look at as an offense, and all of a sudden that changes an offense quite a bit. So. We'll see what's going on here and look at you see some of the injuries that have happened to some of these teams and losing running back. So, look, we'll, I, I think it would be good for Le'Veon Bell to get out of New York. I think it would be good for New York to get out of Le'Veon Bell. I think the whole thing would certainly be better if everyone just went, OK, let's just part ways. And it would not shock me to see a resurgence in Le'Veon Bell when he is not with the Jets anymore. But he's got to stay on the field the next couple of weeks and be somewhat productive to get his stock up. And that's the question. Will Adam Gase get him enough touches and get him enough action to get that value up on the trade market. That's going to be the real question. And, and yeah, I think you take it with a grain of salt because of who is reporting this to. He's had some uh, a checkered past here. I'm just going to kind of put that lightly here in the New York area. Let's just say Twitter burner accounts. Need I say more? Yeah, it takes nothing away from the reporter. It's just that, you know, sometimes you get, if you put yourself into a story, you become, you know, more looked at as far as that is concerned. That's why I try right. from my perspective. When I'm covering baseball, not although I will say that I that I do enjoy doing the percentages and trying to predict where guys are going to go. And I'm going to do that again coming up this winter. Yes, I am part of that story. So I will say that. So you will have to take my real muta reporting with a grain of salt for sure. Uh, but <laughs> at, the, at the same time, I would also say with respect to the New York Daily News, in my opinion, not fact, in my opinion, if the Jets think they're getting anything else except for a conditional pick, and I'm talking about a seventh-round pick for Le'Veon Bell, they are kidding themselves. Uh, I did not think that Leonard Fournette was worth a cent, and I still don't think he is, but the reality is is that he could be used by an NFL team, and they got oh, nothing yeah. for Fournette. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville got nothing for that guy. Not a seventh-round pick. Not a six, They couldn't get... A draft on the night of the draft, they tried to get a sixth round pick for Leonard Fournette and they couldn't do it. I am sorry, well, Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell go in the yeah. same category for me. And I love Le'Veon Bell, but yeah. Fournette had well, a there's, there's two left. teams that come to mind right away for me. Uh, one is the Washington football team, uh, because I think free, if you're Washington, though, they have to get them for free, like you, well, you're not well, getting but if they do. And they probably are at this point. I think it's just everybody trying to get out of each other's space. I think that's what this has come down to. Yes, and you're he right. Was probably, he was right. And, and uh, if right. Well, I think Le'Veon Bell could help the Washington football team and he could help the New York Giants. He could stay at his home address and help the Giants this year, because I think those are two teams that look at the Cowboys missing Dak Prescott. And they look at Carson Wentz leading the league in interceptions and going, you know what? We could win this division. As bad as we are, as bad as our record is, we're still in this thing. And I think that's staggering to think about. But those are two football teams that are not out of it by any means right now. And now that the best quarterback in that division got hurt, I don't know what this does to the Cowboys. None of us know. I think that's a, those are two fascinating landing spots for I, for Olivia Bell, if, if indeed they can pull something off. But yeah, just throwing uh, it out there. It, just for fun. It's just for fun. No, it, I'm just talking fun here. It, it's it's not, fantasy. Not it's not reality. It's to, to me, the organization that that if it was me that I would be chasing is uh, the Bears. If I was the Bears, that would be the guy that I would take and say, let's try and fix him, pair him with Montgomery, see what we could do moving forward, because I, I would I would want to keep him for next year. I wouldn't want to make this a, a short-term thing. You're right. He could help the Giants this year. They're horrible. There's I don't Bears see any spot to give up anything. 
Uh, I'm not sold on Montgomery. So uh, that would be, uh, you know, a spot for me. And then the other team to me also is, and I know they have a lot of backs there already, but the Rams, the Rams are playing very well. Maybe they no, just I say, you know, do that. That's a tough one. They've got three guys there already that they feel okay about. Why would they, why would they muck with it? They're winning football they have one guy out of three. Do you really like any of them? I think they like Acres, and I don't think they've seen enough of him on the field yet to to know uh, how much they I like, like him. Really, I haven't gotten anything out of him. So I don't that, know. Anyway. that I think is a trickier one. I think that well, well, I think well, the Bears are a good spot, but but the Rams is tricky. How about Kansas City? No, I don't think they would do that. Mm. Uh, Larry's okay. been good. He's just not getting the action, and I think yeah, and, and kind of going back to that I'm other point about the five to one odds on him on Fanduel. You know what? As the season goes on, you can absolutely write that narrative that, well, after a great opening, he kind of, you know, was kind of, you know, used sparingly and all this stuff. And then the second half, oh, my God, he just kind of exploded. There's certainly a narrative to be written that way. And part of the wagering, you know, it's about writing the narrative. How can you see it developing over the course of a season? And Hilaire's healthy in terms of first round picks and top running backs. There's not a lot of those guys around. Right. I I just will be shocked if they're able to get a cent for Bell. And and that, that will be my surprise. But I, do, I don't think that they will get anything for him. Maybe a conditional seventh-round pick, yes. Those are, like, free. And 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 that I could see. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, nothing. I don't, I don't disagree way, with that at all. The last two years, Fournette, better than Bell. 100%. Got nothing for him. On, on a worse nope. team. So. Yep. All right, fantasy reality. Let's kick it off here with the quarterback position. Jacoby Brissett, who got off to such a nice start with the Colts last year, and they just... You know, he did sort of fall apart. He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't great. And then the Colts made the dumb move of thinking that Phillip Rivers was going to resurrect his career in Indianapolis. But that's not what we're asking. Fantasy reality, Joe, Jacoby Brissett will be the Colts starting quarterback in week six. Two weeks from now. Is that next week? Is it this week? Hold on a second. This is week week six. six. This is week six, my friend. This is week six. We are here. It's live. It's happening. This is fantasy. I thought week six was next week. My bad. All right. Well, look, look, I'm going to say fantasy too, but I think it should be reality. Uh, Here you go. Ready? I I did a little... All right, so let's say week seven. Still still probably fantasy, but I think it should be reality then too. Um, I did a little digging. Did a little digging. Uh, Six games, Jacoby Brissett last year had more than two two touchdown passes or more in a game. You know how many Phillip Rivers has this year? Zero. Zero multi-touchdown passing games for Phillip Rivers. Uh, Phillip Rivers uh, has uh, one game over 250 yards so far this year. Last year, Jacoby Brissett had six of them. So... I think when you're looking at this, you're saying maybe we are a better offense. Maybe we're more athletic and and maybe with Jonathan Taylor. And I understand Jacoby Brissett had some deficiencies. And I think you saw a lot of those deficiencies get magnified when Marlon Mack got hurt last year. That was You can kind of tie those two things together. When Marlon Mack went down with that injury, so too kind of started to slide the Colts a little bit. And also they started to get more tape on him and people started to figure out where his deficiencies were. But... I don't think his deficiencies are as bad as what I've seen out of Philip Rivers. So I think it should be reality. I think it should be reality week six if you're the Colts. What do you think? I think it's fantasy. I, I think what the Colts need, and I think that it would be bad. And I, I do think that Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I know I've been very hard on him here last year and this year, but I do think he is a Hall of Famer. But what what Philip Rivers needs and what the Colts need is what they call one of these phantom injuries. It's really what they need, and it's what Rivers needs just to kind of have an injury to bow out and and allow either Brissett. I think they drafted. Did they draft Eason. I think they drafted a quarterback. They if did. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there. Yeah, yeah. 
well, I, I'm not going to rule that out. I, I think okay. that is what the Colts need, and I think Rivers needs it to go away uh, and, and with your head head held high. I love the quarterback. I think I know that he's really fallen apart the last year or so. This is not going well for him. Their offensive line, by the way, is still pretty good. It is. I've I've watched him play. He's just making a lot of poor decisions, and the ball is just fluttering around. It's a shame. And again, I have. I'll be the first one to say I've been very tough on him, and I still believe that he is a Hall of Famer and a great guy, great for the community in San Diego and in Los Angeles. But it's here. The end is here. And and um, I'm going to say fantasy for week six. But I do think that when you're in the NFL, if you're telling me that they're going to allow uh, Justin Herbert to play after the own uh, medical guy hurt their own quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. You certainly could believe that they'll pull the plug on on Rivers and try to make the the playoffs because they ain't making it with Rivers. It's not happening. They're going eight and eight, seven and nine. Yeah. Okay, fantasy or reality? Let's move on to baseball here. Chris Archer, his career unfortunately could be in a little bit of jeopardy. I think he had thoracic outlet surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, tough, and, tough and people do here. not come back from that very well. The the, the history yeah, of that is hard. bad, Craig. Yeah. Very hard. Uh, the Chris Archer trade is why the uh, Rays will win the 2020 <laughs> title. This is so harsh. Is this your question, or is this uh, is this you put this one this in? Is here a, this is a hammer oh, Brett Levy question. Brett Levy's the hammer very boy. Hard. He's dropping these bad boys. No, this is not mine. Oh, Brett did this one. Oh, it's not me, and it's not you. That only leaves one other wow. person. This is a wow. Brett, 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 Brett's the hammer. That's not nice. That's terrible. Yeah, but go ahead, answer. Like, yeah, go. On. Where's your shine box, Craig Mish? Uh, yeah, hard. let me. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I, I think it could be reality. I really do. Oh, uh, I mean, God, how know? tough is it? How tough is it when you sit there oh. as a pirate fan last week and you're watching Austin Meadows and Tyra Glasnow go against Garrett Cole, and you're sitting there as a Pirates fan going, "Oh, what if?" What if? What a horrible set of circumstances. You gave up those players, and what did you get back? What What have you built upon moving those players? If you just think, if, if you held on to those three in a year like this, what that would have looked like, I don't know. And, like, I know it's all fantasy when we talk about it. Who was the third? Who was the third? It, well, I mean, this the the Archer trade was – wasn't that Archer Glass trade? Glasnow and, and Meadows? Right. Who was the third? Oh, Garrett Cole, you're saying as – as, as, that was a separate trade. Not, that was separate no. I'm trade. just saying. That's a separate, uh, no, I'm okay. saying, but I'm just saying, as a Pirates fan, when you were watching last Friday night, that had to be torture for you to watch those two guys going against each other, and then Austin Meadows is out oh, there yeah. playing the outfield. That's that's tough, man. Right. That's those are three okay. players in the playoffs. That's tough. But I say reality. Right. I think that's going to okay. be. The I say fantasy. Glass big, 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 big fantasy. No way. Two guys don't make a team. Glasnow's been very good. I get it. Meadows was fantastic really? last year. He hasn't been a huge factor this year. And shame on you, Brett, just destroying Chris Archer here. Uh, look, I, I get it. I, I totally understand it. But the Rays, the Rays, the reason why they're here is because guys like Curtis and Thompson and Fairbanks. And 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 I understand that the, both those players are very good. Brett's done a fantastic job with all of these shows, by the way, and is helping out me in a, in a huge way, especially the last few weeks, too. And it's a fair question. But, Brett, you just annihilated Chris Archer too hard. Fantasy, two guys. Series no out on that. Uh, last one. Uh, White Sox end up firing Rick Renteria, and their job is open, and so is the Red Sox job. Fantasy or reality, Joe? The White Sox managerial opening is better than the Red Sox. Fantasy or reality? Thirty seconds. 
reality because they've got the pieces already there and they're going to spend more money. So these young players are locked up for a long period of time. The Red Sox, yeah, they could spend money, but do they have a lot of talent right now in that roster? It's a little thin. I think it's reality. Give me the White Sox. Fantasy, the Red Sox iconic franchise are always one off season away from spending hundreds of millions of dollars and winning again. Until the White Sox actually do it, I'm saying fantasy. I think the Red Sox is a better spot. I want that job. All right, we got the Sports Grid 60 coming up next. Make sure you stay tuned. Joe and I will end the show with that. On tomorrow's show, Chad will join us. Tell us how long he thinks Alvin Cook. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com this is sports grid and welcome back it is fantasy sports today as we get ready to close out the show today a reminder we'll be right back on the air tomorrow noon to 2 eastern with our waiver wire wednesday edition of the show talk about some players you should potentially pick up and unload your fab budget on meaning if you have a lot of money to spend spend it on d ernest johnson just like i said last week thank you for craig mish giving you all of your losses last week on that Let's end the show this week with Joe's take here on this today. Here, not this week, but just today on the Sports Grid 60. Joe, it is Tuesday, not Friday, I think. It is. It's also week six, in case you're keeping track. Um, look, yeah. uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, could finally be coming to an end with him in the Jets. Who knows? Maybe, just maybe, we're getting closer to that. But Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell are going to have to play nice for a couple weeks if they're going to get their way. It's kind of like staying together for the kids' sake, right? And then hopefully the trade deadlines, like when they all go off to college, and then eventually you get to move on from each other. And that's hopefully what Adam Gase will do. Hopefully he will hand him the football because the Jets season is lost anyway. And hopefully Le'Veon Bell will do just enough to get that seventh round pick or conditional pick or whatever it might be. And look, it's a little different going into the season than it is during the season when injuries happen and teams get desperate or teams think that they're in it that previously thought they weren't. So Le'Veon Bell could help somebody, but these next three weeks, that will tell the tale whether or not Adam Gase will allow it to happen. All right, I want to end the show with a little football here as well. And for those of you who are in fantasy football drafts and drafted Dalvin Cook, I have a message for you. If you have Dalvin Cook and somehow you do not have Alexander Madison, yes, I am talking to you. It is your fault. It, it is I mean, it is not your fault that you drafted Dalvin Cook. You you did the right thing, and, and I'm backing you on that. If I had a chance to draft Dalvin Cook with the fourth and fifth pick overall, I would have done it too. But you have to know that there is a chance because that has come true over the last few years that Cook is going to miss a game or two. And when he does and you're panicking and you're looking at the waiver wire, you should not be in this position. All you simply needed to do was handcuff. He was the number one handcuff in fantasy football. In addition to that, if you have Ezekiel Elliott right now in fantasy football, guess what? You should have Tony Pollard. Pick him up right now. Don't be that guy, the cook owner without Madison. Grab Pollard if you have Elliott. These are easy things to do in fantasy football. Why not do them? That'll do it for the show. Thank you to Danny. Thank you to Brett. For Joe, Greg, we'll talk tomorrow at noon. Great day. See ya.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.